This is the broadcast voice of Marshall University. WMUL-FM, Huntington, West Virginia. And now, News Center 88 at 5, the area source for the most complete news coverage from across the campus of Marshall University and the Huntington Tri-State area. And now, the News Center 88 team. Good evening, everyone. For this Thursday, November 2nd, 2023, I'm Morgan Pemberton. And I'm Nate Courtney. Coming up this evening on News Center 88, Democrats fear that Biden's Israel-Hamas war stance could cost him re-election in Michigan. All on your only daily source for Marshall Broadcast News. Holly Belmont will be in with the Metro Huntington weather forecast, and Ben Westfall will be in with the FM 88 sports report. The current temperature outside is a sunny 52 degrees. And now on to our top story. Dozens of Palestinians with foreign passports crossed through the war-torn Gaza Strip's only exit for the second straight day, escaping the suffocating siege into the empty Egyptian desert. But today's evacuation rush left families divided by citizenship status and in painful limbo. Even as the weeks of heated negotiations between Israel, Hamas, and Egypt over the evacuation of foreign nationals crossing bore fruit yesterday for the first time since the war started, The continuing chaos and heavy military restrictions reflected the difficulty of diplomacy over Rafah, now the only entry and exit point in Gaza. Record-breaking winds in France and across much of Western Europe left at least seven people dead and injured others. Storm Syrian charged through the continent overnight and into today. Vast numbers of people were plunged into darkness. Homes were devastated and travel was disrupted in several countries. Roofs were torn off from homes on the Channel Islands where gusts of more than 160 kilometers per hour, or 100 miles an hour, were reported amid severe travel disruption in several countries. The storm blew out windows and left 1.2 million French households without electricity today. A truck driver was killed when a tree hit his vehicle in northern France and emergency workers hurt. Hundreds of schools stayed closed in the English coastal communities of Cornwall and Devon. The architect of Maine's yellow flag law said it was designed to stop shootings like the one that claimed 18 lives and that the tragedy needs to be examined to see if changes are needed. Investigators are still piecing together details of what information was shared with police and how police responded before mentally ill Army reservist Robert Card opened fire in Lewiston, killing 18 people. State Senator Lewis excuse me, Lisa Kiem, sponsor of Maine's yellow flag law, called it a, quote, massive failure, unquote, that neither Maine law nor a red flag law in New York, where Card was hospitalized, prevented the tragedy. She said she hopes the governor's independent panel will provide answers ahead of lawmakers' return to work in January. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says the United States has imposed a new round of sanctions targeting Russia over its invasion of Ukraine. The sanctions target 130 firms and people from Turkey, China, and the United Arab Emirates. The sanctions imposed by the Treasury Department today target third-party firms and people alleged to assist Moscow in procuring equipment needed on the battlefield, including suppliers and shippers. In addition, the State Department has imposed diplomatic sanctions targeting Russian energy production and its metals and mining sector. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says Russia, quote, is dependent on willing third country individuals and entities to resupply its military, unquote. 
Mission Democrats have warned the White House that President Joe Biden's response to the Israel-Hamas war could put his re-election campaign in jeopardy in the key swing state next year. Michigan was one of three so-called blue wall of states that includes Wisconsin and Pennsylvania that Biden won in 2020 after Donald Trump won them in 2016. The state holds the largest concentration of Arab Emir- excuse me, Arab Americans in the nation, and many in the community are pledging to coalesce against Biden's re-election campaign unless he calls for a ceasefire in the war. Thousands of people gathered in downtown Detroit on Saturday to call for a ceasefire. Coming up, the number of teens vaping drops 10%. That and more news from across the tri-state when New Center 88 returns right after this. Fake Litton throws to the left, finds Tyree Brady. He breaks out of a tackle at the 35-yard line. He's across midfield. He's inside the 40. It's a foot race to the end zone. Can he get there? Yes, he will. Tyree Brady wins the foot race, a 75-yard touchdown for the Thundering Herd. Lays down a bunt, just barely stays fair. The throw to first, not in time. Crossing the plate is Jordan Cauliflower. A walk-off bunt single from Morgan Zirkle. The Thundering Herd get the win, 1-0 to zero in the bottom of the seventh inning. Pinnabo with a behind the back dribble, gets around the defender, and a great pass underneath for Miovich with another great pass. He finds a wide open C.J. Burks, and Burks drills the triple. Burks now four points off of tying his career high. The worldwide leader in Marshall University sports coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to News Center 88, voted best spot news reporting by the Virginia's Associated Press. I'm Morgan Pemberton. And I'm Nate Courtney. Two West Virginia corrections officers have pleaded guilty to a federal charge stemming from the fatal beating of an inmate. Southern Regional Jail Officers Andrew Fleshman and Stephen Wimmer enter the pleas today to a conspiracy charge today. They face up to 10 years in prison. The officers were accused of conspiring to deny Quantes Burks right to due process. Court records show Burks was assaulted twice after he tried to leave his housing unit. He died less than a day after he was booked into the jail on a wanton endangerment charge. The case has brought scrutiny to conditions and the number of deaths at the jail. Crews began the arduous process of removing layers of rubble and debris from a collapsed coal mine preparation plant in eastern Kentucky today. Efforts were part of the continued search for a worker missing since Tuesday night when the 11-story abandoned building crashed down on two men as it was being demolished. Authorities said today they have not had any communication with the workers since the building collapsed at around 6.30 p.m. Tuesday in Inez, a town of around 500. Officials briefly made contact with one of the two trapped men but announced yesterday he died amid rescue efforts at Martin Mine Prep Plant in Martin County. After horse deaths marred this year's Kentucky Derby and Preakness, and two more occurred days ahead of the World Championships, safety at the Breeders' Cup is under intense scrutiny. For the first time, all 14 cup races this weekend at Santa Anita will be run under the sport's new national uniform set of medication and safety rules. The most extensive reviews of horses' veterinarian treatment records in the 40-year history of the Breeders' Cup will continue up to race days on Friday and Saturday. Contenders are subject to random physical exams at any time. 
Despite the sport's recent reforms, a Breeders' Cup contender collapsed and died this week, and another was euthanized after failing to recover from surgery. Cover crops top the list of tasks U.S. farmers are told will build healthy soil, help the environment, and fight climate change. Yet after years of incentives and encouragement, Midwest farmers planted cover crops on only about 7% of their land in 2021. Many worry the practice will hurt their bottom line. A study last year indicates they could be right. Researchers who use satellite data to examine over 90,000 fields in six Corn Belt states found cover crops can reduce yields of cash crops. The smaller the yield, the less money farmers make. Cover crops are plants grown on farmland that otherwise would be bare. They stabilize soil, reduce fertilizer runoff, store carbon in plant roots, and potentially add nutrients to the dirt. A new government report shows fewer high school students are vaping. About 10% of high school students said they had used electronic cigarettes in the previous month. That's down from 14% from the same survey conducted last year. Fewer high school students also smoked cigarettes and cigars. The use of e-cigarettes among middle school students was about the same as last year. The report was released today by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The CDC considers the annual survey its best measure of youth smoking trends. Coming up next, Uber and Lyft to pay money to combat wage theft claims. That and more news from around the nation when News Center 88 returns. Stay with us. Hey man, you dropped something. That's okay, it's just trash anyway. Actually, it's not okay, it's littering. You should pick it up and throw it away. It would be even better to recycle it. What are some other ways I can help out on campus? Try picking up litter around campus, recycling soda cans, plastic bottles, and paper at the designated bins around campus, taking shorter showers to save water, or walk, ride a bike, or even carpool to cut back on air pollution. Thanks man, I appreciate it. Think green and be Marshall Green. Brought to you by your friends at the eco-friendly WMUL 88.1 FM. Wondering what to do on a dull day? Well, I get kind of tired of hearing that same old music. MUL's got real variety. From jazz and blues to rock and progressive. 88.1's the place to be. I'm at WMUL Marshall University. So there's this guy in your office and he just finished rehab and you don't know how to act around him. Okay, here's a few tips. Don't call him a loser. Do call him Larry, unless his name is John, then call him John. Don't remove the glue from the company envelopes, he's not going to snip them. Do expect him to meet all his deadlines and don't be surprised when he does and oh hey, don't make fun of his addiction. You can, however, make fun of his 80s haircut. For more tips on how to support a recovering user or if you'd like to become one, call 1-800-662-HELP. Welcome back to News Center 88, voted Best Radio News Reporting by the Society of Professional Journalists Mark of Excellence Awards. I'm Morgan Pemberton. And I'm Nate Courtney. Minnesota Supreme Court justices appear skeptical states have the authority to block ex-president Donald Trump from the 2024 ballot. Some of the justices suggested today Congress is the best positioned to decide whether Trump's role in the U.S. Capitol insurrection should prevent him from running. Justices sharply questioned an attorney representing Minnesota voters who sued to keep the Republican off the state ballot under the U.S. Constitution's rarely used insurrection clause. 
The oral arguments are unfolding during an unprecedented week. A court in Colorado also is debating Trump's eligibility under the insurrection clause of the 14th Amendment. A Trump attorney, a Trump attorney, excuse me, says the eligibility question shouldn't even be before the court. A former Southern California street gang leader has pleaded not guilty to orchestrating a 1996 drive-by shooting that killed rapper Tupac Shakur in Las Vegas. Dwayne Keefe D. Davis is the only person still alive who was in the vehicle from which shots were fired and the only person to be charged with the crime in the case. The 60-year-old had attorneys appointed today to his defense and the judge acknowledged that prosecutors won't seek the death penalty. Davis remains jailed pending another court appearance next Tuesday. He's originally from Compton, California, and was arrested September 29th near his home in suburban Henderson. Israeli troops are fighting with Hamas militants on the edges of Gaza City as the Palestinian death toll rises above 9,000. U.S. and Arab leaders are raising pressure on Israel to ease its siege and at least briefly halt its attacks in order to aid civilians. U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken was heading to the region for talks Friday in Israel and Jordan. President Joe Biden has suggested a humanitarian, humanitarian excuse me, pause in the Gaza fighting to let in aid for Palestinians and let out foreign nationals. Hundreds of Palestinians with foreign passports and dozens of wounded left Gaza yesterday for the first time, and dozens more were leaving today. A 63-year-old Utah woman had a leg amputated after being attacked by her son's dogs in her own backyard in a Salt Lake City suburb. Police in Taylorsville, Utah, say the injured woman called 911 today while still in her yard with the adult male and female dogs and their five puppies. All seven were pit bulls. Police used pepper spray against the dogs to be able to get over a fence and help the woman. They shot the adult female dog after it got loose and threatened officers. The owner of the dog surrendered the animals to authorities. Police did not name the dog owner or his mother. Ride-hailing companies under, I mean, excuse me, Uber and Lyft will pay a combined $328 million to settle wage theft claims in New York. Attorney General Letitia James announced the settlement today. She says the companies were improperly deducting sales tax and other fees from drivers when the cost should have been paid by customers. Uber will pay $290 million, and Lyft will pay $38 million. The money will be distributed to current and former drivers. The companies have also agreed to provide drivers with paid sick leave and give drivers outside of New York City's a minimum wage of $26 per hour. Coming up next, more U.S. citizens leave the Gaza Strip. The daily political update when News Center 88 returns, right after this. You're listening to the broadcast voice of Marshall University, WMUL-FM, Huntington. Not all superheroes wear capes. Most wear jeans or sweaters or suits, just like ordinary people, because that's what they are. They are the 1.2 million members of Rotary, 
men and women whose superpowers are the capacity to care and the desire to make the world better. So the next time you need a superhero, don't look in the sky, look in the mirror. Learn more at rotary.org. Rotary, humanity in motion. Welcome back to New Center 88. I'm Morgan Pemberton. And I'm Nate Courtney. Eric Trump has testified that he was never involved with financial statements that New York state lawyers say fraudulently puffed up the ex-president's wealth and the worth of their family business. He clarified his answer yesterday after he, after he was shown decade-old emails from a fellow Trump executive asking him for information for the financial statement. Eric Trump testified, quote, We're a major organization, a massive real estate organization. Yes, I'm fairly sure I understand that we have financial statements, unquote. But he insisted, quote, I had no involvement and never worked on, unquote, Donald Trump's financial statement. Eric Trump followed brother and co-executive Donald Trump Jr. to the witness stand at the family's New York civil fraud trial. Their father is scheduled to testify Monday. Federal agents have raided the home of a top fundraiser and longtime confidante, confident, excuse me, to New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Agents today searched the home from Brianna Suggs in Brooklyn. That's according to law enforcement who spoke to the Associated Press on condition of anonymity. The official didn't give specific details of the investigation and declined to say whether Suggs was the target of an investigation. News of the raid came shortly after Adams abruptly ditched a planned White House meeting and flew home from Washington. A lawyer for Adams' campaign said the campaign would, quote, comply with any inquiries, unquote. Suggs didn't immediately respond to request for comment. A former Memphis police officer has pleaded guilty in the fatal beating of Tyre Nichols, becoming the first of five officers charged to reverse course. Desmond Mills Jr. pleaded guilty in federal court today to federal charges of excessive force and obstruction of justice. It is part of a larger agreement that settles related state court charges as well. Mills also agreed to cooperate with state and federal investigations, including civil rights investigations by the U.S. Justice Department. Federal and state prosecutors agreed to a recommended sentence of 15 years. The U.S. Senate has circumvented holds by Alabama Republican Senator Senator Tommy Tuberville and confirmed the nominations of two senior military leaders, including the first female member of the Joint Chiefs of Staff Administration, Lisa Franchetti, was confirmed today by a vote of 95 to 1 to lead the Navy, making her the first woman to serve as a Pentagon Service Chief and hold a seat on the Joint Chiefs of Staff. General David Alvin was also confirmed by a vote of 95 to 1 to be Chief of Staff of the U.S. Air Force. Tuberville has drawn bipartisan criticism for holding up almost 400 military nominations. Tuberville says he's protesting Pentagon abortion policy. President Joe Biden says that 74 more U.S. citizens have left the Gaza Strip. He announced the development as he dispatched his top diplomat to the Mideast for talks with Israeli and Jordanian officials as the nearly four-week-old Israel-Hamas war rages on with no end in sight. Biden said those who evacuated were dual citizens. The White House has previously said some 500 to 600 U.S. citizens had been trapped in Gaza since the start of the October 7th Israel-Hamas war. The administration said earlier this week that a handful of Americans were among dozens of dual citizens who were able to get out of the Strip where a humanitarian crisis is unfolding. And coming up, Holly Belmont will have a complete look at your Metro Huntington weather forecast and Ben Westfall will be in with the FM 88 Sports Report. Stay with us. 
Here at the Institute for Better Radio, we're always looking for ways to improve your listening experience on 88.1 WMUL. By using trained monkeys, we try out new innovations here before bringing them to you, our listener. For instance, how does no commercial sound? Smashing! How about a wide music variety? Outstanding! Because we're not money-driven, we can bring you better radio here on 88.1 WMUL. Now, back to the lab. It's important that healthcare providers, including doctors and nurses, either wash their hands with soap and water or use an alcohol-based hand sanitizer both before and after they touch you. Healthcare providers know to practice hand hygiene, but sometimes they forget. You and your loved ones can play a role by asking and reminding healthcare providers to wash their hands, especially while they're caring for you. They don't mind being asked to wash their hands. They want to prevent infections as much as you do. A message from the CDC. Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm Holly Belmont, and now it's time for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. It is currently a sunny 52 degrees. Tonight, temperatures will drop to a low of 39 degrees before they drop down to 33 degrees around 7 a.m. Be sure to grab a warm jacket on your way out. Tomorrow, expect warmer temperatures with highs in the low 60s. This weekend, the high on both Saturday and Sunday is a partly cloudy 62 degrees. Next week, temperatures begin to rise after a cold week in Huntington. Your weather word of the day is tropical cyclone. A tropical cyclone is the generic term for a non-frontal, large-scale, low-pressure system over tropical or subtropical waters. These systems have thunderstorm activity as well as a cyclonic surface wind circulation. When the cyclonic winds reach 40 miles per hour, they are called tropical storms and become hurricanes when sustained winds reach 74 miles per hour or greater. Thank you, weatherology.com, for that information. Currently, outside of the WMUL studios, it's a sunny 52 degrees. That's your Metro Huntington weather forecast for News Center 88. I'm Holly Belmont. Thanks, Holly. Now, Ben Westfall joins us with the FM 88 Sports Report. Thanks, Morgan. Let's get the FM88 Sports Report started with your update in Marshall Athletics. On Saturday, October 28th, the Marshall Thunding Herd cross-country team competed in the Sunboat Conference Championships in Foley, Alabama. FM88 Sports' Ben Anderson has the recap. On October 28th, the Marshall Thundering Herd cross-country team made history at the Sunbelt Conference Championships in Foley, Alabama, with the women's team competing in the 5K and the men's team competing in the 8K. The women's team would finish third, marking the highest finish for the women's program at a conference championship since 1989, when Marshall was a member of the Southern Conference. Leading the way was two all-conference runners, with Abby Herring finishing second and Kylie Maston finishing tenth. The second-place finish for Abby Herring made her only just the second female runner program history to be a four-time all-conference runner joining Tina Maynard. Herring says that being a four-time conference runner is an accomplishment she will always be proud of. It was super cool. I think that coming into college I would have never expected that. My PRs have gone down tremendously. My placing has gone up so I think being able to walk away with four all-conference finishes is really cool. Cross-country head coach Caleb Bowen says that watching Herring made history for the program is a moment he would cherish throughout his coaching career. Oh it's special. I mean when we brought her in she was a 520 miler, 524 miler actually. She was mainly like our number four or five girl on the team. 
but she's just worked her butt off and has you know really become one of the greatest I would say even athletes not just runners in the martial history I mean getting runner up in the Sun Belt is just amazing and then her whole career has been great a four-time all-conference runner like that's huge we haven't had that many men do that even like Matthew Schiffbauer who qualified for nationals I think he was only a four-time all-conference runner so great things to be expected of her I think she's done well but I think she's got even more sub planned ahead leading the way for the men's team to a sixth place finish was graduate student Evan White finishing seventh in the 8K. White says that he is proud of the men's team's ability to battle through the adversity. I'm really happy with my performance that we had at the Sun Belt. The race went out nice and slow. It was extremely hot out. Really can't control the heat, but we haven't been training in it. But went out there and said, hey, we're all running the same conditions, so might as well go for it. Went out and sat right around with Big Pack, like what me and Coach Bowen talked about, sitting right there with those guys. See what I could do. Basically just held on with those guys and basically made a couple passes right at the end and I'll finish at seventh. I'm real happy with my performance. Coach Bowen says that the goal for the NCAA Mid-Atlantic Regionals is for the teams to strike early and be strong throughout the entire race. Just learning how to run in a pack, a big pack, and just moving up the field. On the men's side, they're running 10K. You know, it's a big jump from the 8K that they've been running, so just being able to adapt to that, it's going to be huge. The women, you know, they're running 6K, which we've run, you know, at Texas A&M. They're prepared for it. But yeah, I hope they just compete well and get up in the front as long as they can and just compete. On November 10th, the Marshall Thundering Herd cross-country team will travel to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania for the NCAA Mid-Atlantic Regionals to compete for a spot at the NCAA National Championships. For FM88 Sports, I'm Ben Anderson. Thanks, Ben. The Marshall Thunder Herd cross-country team now aims to qualify for a chance at the NCAA National Championship at the Mid-Atlantic Regional on November 11th. Continuing with your Marshall Athletics update, last night the Marshall men's basketball team concluded their preseason with a final fans-first exhibition game against the Lees McRae Bobcats. The Thunder Herd picked up the win 103-85 over the Bobcats. Wyatt Fricks led the herd with 22 points and 10 rebounds, earning him the double-double. Kevon Boyles also had 21 points, while Camden Kerfman had 13. The herd returns to the court on Monday, November 6th, against Queens at home to open the regular season. FM88 Sports' Ben Cower and Luke Hamilton will be on the call for that one. Just announced today, Marshall men's soccer Alex Sterngard was named Sunbelt Offensive Player of the Week, and goalkeeper Gabriel Perota was named Sunbelt Defensive Player of the Week. Sterngard tallied a goal and an assist on Tuesday in the match against South Carolina, while Perota registered another shutout with four saves on the match. Now let's look ahead to the weekend for Marshall sports, starting with tomorrow. Marshall Tennis returns to the courts in Lynchburg, Virginia for day one of the Liberty Invitational. Day one gets started at noon with the herd facing Georgetown. Marshall Volleyball hits the road to Virginia as well, but they will be in Harrisonburg as they take on James Madison. That game will begin at 6 p.m. This will be the second to final series for the Herd before they get into the conference tournament that starts on November 15th. Saturday will be a busy day in Marshall Athletics with four separate events taking place. Marshall Tennis continues action in Lynchburg for Day 2 of the Liberty Invitational. The Herd will face Liberty at 11 a.m. for Day 2. Marshall Swim and Dive gets back into the pool for a competition against James Madison in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Diving events take place at 9.45 a.m. and the swimming events begin at noon. Also taking place in Harrisonburg, Marshall closes out the road series for volleyball against James Madison with that match starting at 1 p.m. To conclude the busy Saturday, Marshall football continues their road trip with a stop to Boone, North Carolina for a showdown with Appalachian State. That game gets started at 6 p.m. The Herd is looking to bounce back and end a four-game losing skid while App State comes in 4-4 four four on the year. To conclude the busy weekend on Sunday, Marshall Tennis closes out their Lynchburg, Virginia trip with Day 3 of the Liberty Invitational. The competition starts at 11 a.m. with Marshall set to face VCU. And at 3 o'clock, Marshall Men's Soccer begins the run in the 2023 Sunbelt Conference Tournament against 8-seed Old Dominion. FM88 Sports' Sean Kelly and Ben Anderson will be on the call. That concludes your FM88 Sports Report. For FM88 Sports, 
I am Ben Westfall. Thanks, Ben. Coming up, visitors allegedly try to hold a young bear. Stay with us to find out more right after this on News Center 88. score here at Camp Randall Stadium. Happy to have you along this Saturday afternoon. Back inside Reed Green Coliseum in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Bobby Edding Sports Side bringing you all tonight's action. Marshall Trail Southern Miss on the sky deck from Dowdy Ficklin Stadium in Greenville, North Carolina. ECU leads the Thundering Herd to the home center, Boone, North Carolina. Andrew Aspacker on board. The worldwide leader in Marshall University sports coverage. WMUL-FM, Huntington. and welcome to the Music Request Hotline. Please state the name of the genre you'd like to hear. Alternative? You said hip-hop. If that's correct, please say yes. No. You have confirmed hip-hop. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. I said alternative. Country you want to hear? No, no, no. Country it is. No, I said, said alternative. Sports. Alternative Techno rock. Music. No, no, okay. no, no. Tired of ignored requests? Call 696-6651 and get what you asked for on WMUL-FM. No, I want to hear And finally today on News Center 88, a section of the Blue Ridge Parkway in North Carolina has been closed temporarily after the National Park Service received reports of visitors feeding and attempting to hold a young bear. Officials blocked off an eight-mile stretch just northeast of Asheville on Monday. It will, it will remain closed until further notice. The recent bear interactions allegedly happened at the Lane Pinnacle Overlook during leaf peeping season. No one has been fined for feeding or approaching the bear. Officials do not have any physical evidence of people feeding or holding it. Federal law prohibits people from intentionally getting within 50 yards of a bear. And that does it for this edition of News Center 88. Tune in tomorrow at 5 for the most complete news from Marshall University in the tri-state area. And remember to check us out on the World Wide Web at marshall.edu slash WMUL. For Nate Courtney, Holly Belmont, Ben Westfall, Ben Anderson, Luke Hamilton, and for the entire New Center 88 team, I'm Morgan Pemberton. And your thought of the day is, the most wasted of all days is one without laughter. E.E. E. Cummings. <laughs> <laughs>